Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tonaguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is Dino Falvo, who is Vice President of Business Development, Alberta East for Mario's Gelati, and also Director of Brand and Strategic Development, Owner-Operator of Amato Gelato Cafe in Calgary. Thanks, Dino, for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you, well, Brian. You got, lots, you got lots going on there <laughs> with the with the two businesses, let's talk a little bit about each. Let's start with uh, with Mario's Gelati. Tell me a little bit about uh, that and what you guys do. So Mario's, uh, that's our manufacturing uh, arm of the, the two businesses. Um, Mario's Gelati, we started in the early 70s in Vancouver, um, filling a, a, a kind of a niche void at that time. There was no really gelato. Uh, in Vancouver back in the early 70s. And Mario was um, making some gelato in the restaurants because he had a restaurant business uh, before. Uh, it was a dinner um, dinner dancing kind of restaurant, a, a supper club kind of uh, place. And he was making gelato and a lot of chefs were coming eating there. And then um, it kind of, kind of started snowballing from there. Opened up a gelato cart in Yale Town, uh, oh, in Gastown, sorry. Uh, in the early 70s, and then started opening up in uh, Granville Island when Granville Island first started opening up. So we, we've been at that game now for manufacturing uh, for now almost close to 49 years, going to be 50 years come here in the next year or so um, of manufacturing for restaurant, hospitality, grocery, uh, airline business, all that kind of stuff. So I, I take care of the distribution in Alberta, uh, going east right now. So that's a big part of our business is manufacturing for our own brand, Mario's Gelati. We do a lot of private label for grocery stores and restaurants as well that chain restaurants. Uh, we've been dealing with major chain restaurants across the country for probably now 30, 32 years. Um, one of the biggest ones we've been handling for 32 years. I'm under an NDA uh, with those restaurants, not to disclose who, who they are. is because those... Uh, those kind of big chains don't like to let uh, the cat out of the bag who their suppliers are and, and whatnot. Some of them even like to claim that they make the product in-house, so I don't want to get anybody in, in trouble <laughs> at that. So, so, so which, is, which is okay to us. It doesn't matter. So I, I'm just curious. So who was Mario? Mario is my uncle. Mario came from Vancouver, uh, came to Canada from Amato. That's the kind of where we get the Amato Gelato Cafes. That's the name of our town in, uh, in Calabria, where we're from. Uh, so Mario came to Winnipeg. Mario actually started in uh, the late 60s. He actually started Gondola Pizza uh, in Winnipeg back back when uh, got Gondola, uh, he sold it to a, a Jewish fellow that turned it into a major Canadian national franchise. Um, and at that point, when Mario got his money uh, from the restaurant there, he went to Vancouver and he started a couple pizza places. Then he developed an allergy to flour and that's why he got back into the restaurant business and then started with the gelato in there. And here we are today. All right, let's uh, switch over to uh, Amato Gelato Cafe, uh, based here in Calgary. Tell me a, a little bit about the history behind that. Yeah, Amato. So Amato goes back all the way to 1929, where Mario's uh, grandfather and father were making gelato and some sorbetto, more sorbetto at that time, uh, due to you know us having uh, fruit on our on our property and land. Uh, you know, in Calabria, we grow everything from. Uh, of the India, I don't know if people know what that is. It's a, a 
prickle pears, I, I, I would say, to peaches and plums and cherries and all this kind of all this kind of stuff. Um, so they they were making a little bit on there, and then they sell a little bit in the gelato cart and around the town and village and stuff like that. Our town is very small; it's like 300 people that live there. So this is not like some this is this is in the middle of mountains in in Calabria, uh, or on the top of the mountain, I should say. And uh, it started from there. And then Mario, when he went uh, left Amato, went in Milano to go for pastry uh, to study for pastry uh, school in in Milano when he was 17. And then he went to go work on cruise ships in, out of Sicily. Um, and then after that, he was uh, in his early 20s. And then when he migrated to Winnipeg, which most of our most of our town, probably say 95% of our town, migrated to Winnipeg due to uh, CN and CP being the central um, hub in Canada. And that's where a lot of immigrants went to Winnipeg at that time. It was, uh, Winnipeg is still very heavily um, immigrant influenced and has a lot of deep roots over there. So Mario got his start in Winnipeg. Um, same with my father and same with my family and uh, and every all the other Amantes as well. And then he decided to go in Winnipeg, uh, leave Winnipeg to go to Vancouver because uh, the minus 40 winters weren't uh, conducive <laughs> to his lifestyle anymore. So, um, so Amanto started out there. Then when uh, Mario started doing the gelato in Vancouver for the restaurants and whatnot, he always had this idea of, of creating a um, like really nice, uh, authentic gelateria. Um, he was selling to a bunch of little small places that were buying some gelato um, from him doing scooping and whatnot, but he wanted to really expand on it and really give a really authentic experience. So at the when we developed the when they had developed the uh, started the plans for the new factory in Vancouver and uh, the mid nineties, uh, the idea was is to make the bottom uh, portion of the the property or the factory um, a retail outlet. And uh, of course, for our namesake of the town, he named it Amato Gelato Cafe which at that time had 72 flavors and nobody ever seen that many flavors before in a, in a shop before. It was it was mind boggling to a lot of people. So that was kind of our retail arm where because dealing with the restaurants, um, dealing with the restaurants, the general public always was curious, where can I go buy this? Where can I go get this? Where can I go thing? And we'd send them to, you know, um, grocery stores and, and, and let them know. But it was never really a public forum for our product to say, kind of come. So then when we did that, we had all our takeout stuff, uh, you know, retail pies and half liters and one liters and partufos and bachos and castata and all these kind of fun stuff and gelato on bars and cali pops and drumsticks. So it gave, it gave, it gave an outlet for the general public to come, as, as I say. Um, and then in uh, 2000, when I left Vancouver to come here uh, for the distribution, I was stuffed with the same problem um, or the same challenge, I should say, is that uh, we were selling to Lena since 1993 here, 1994, when she was in the strip mall across the street there. And there was very few places to go for a gelato, like really very few places. I think Lena's was like really the only place in, in Calgary um, that you can go for the gelato. And then yeah, I was struggling with the wholesale in terms of um, public education and knowledge, especially with the restaurants. They didn't know what this was. And um, the first year was a little bit of more of an education process. So I thought, um, what would better be suited to copy what Mario kind of wanted to do was to give this kind of public public space where people can kind of learn about gelato and paninis and coffee and and so, so forth. And then that's when I opened up the the Mato um, store in Calgary here, uh, the Kensington location, um, which is still at uh, to this day is just going bananas here it just doesn't stop and it's just very 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 extremely busy um even during covid it was extremely busy and um then i always had this idea was to take it a step further um and really create 
not just a gelato shop, but I really wanted to create a all-encompassing Italian bar cafe. And then that was my idea and my concept, which we which we launched, which we talked about on the last uh, uh, interview that we did in podcast, which was the new location on 17th Avenue, which has just been very well received. And it's just uh, gone off. The plan has gone off without a hitch to try to educate the, the Calgary um, consumers on what is real Italian gelato, what is real Italian coffee, because there's very few bar, place, bar in between places in Calgary where you can go get real um, authentic Italian espresso, which I import directly from Italy, um, and Italian pastries and cakes and paninis and, and, and so forth. And there was really never a dessert place to go for Italian stuff, like it, besides a grocery store, uh, Lina's or uh, Spinelli or, you know, Italian supermarket or these kind of places. And I just really wanted to uh, um, expand further with the, uh, with the cafe concept and not just be pigeonholed with gelato. So, so far, so good. So tell me just a little bit about, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, from the Mario's gelati uh, standpoint, your reaches across Canada, you know, in, in terms of getting the product out. Uh, what are the plans for Amato Gelato? Do you do you see a possibility of of uh, future growth in other uh, centers across Canada? Um, yeah, so our idea has always been when Matteo had opened up the first location in Vancouver, um, we had get, gotten a lot of response because it was a very unique concept uh, in Vancouver um, with wanting to franchise and doing this, and plus. It was beneficial for our wholesale because the more stores we can open up, uh, our wholesale benefits as well, because we are fully integrated with the supply chain. So when it comes to pastries and the gelato and the coffee and the supplies, it all comes from one supplier and it's a, and it's and it was a good it was a good model. Um in, and when I started opening up in Calgary here, um, it was a concern in the beginning was is, is that does this business is this business viable in the wintertime being so highly yeah. dependent on gelato? And we were getting calls from Toronto and calls from Winnipeg and calls from uh, Saskatchewan and wanting to do this. And it was always a, it was a major concern uh, for a lot of people, which is warranted because, you know, we're dealing in Canada. We got eight months of winter here, fall and winter, and we got four months of summer. It's, this is not Vancouver. Vancouver is a little bit more forgiving in terms of being a coastal city and dealing with the with the weather over there. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of over the years is uh, I got really tied up with how busy the store was and my wholesale was exploding and I couldn't really focus in a lot on this on this franchising um, kind of concept of where I wanted to kind of go. So what happened was, is that I had this idea, uh, like I mentioned, of turning it more into a full on 365 day around, year round cafe instead of people getting concerned about in the winter time, is it is it viable? Is it in the fall time? Are you just selling gelato? Is it coffee? Um, so right now, with, with with opening up 17th Avenue, and people are, are already calling us already. I, I got offers to buy the location already from uh, from me within the last six months. I've got four offers to buy that location at 17th Avenue because there are people people lined up around the block, and it's really just buzzing and booming. And and now now the the, the interest has come back again to say. Oh, is this is this something? Are you willing to want to franchise? Is this something you guys are willing to ready to do? Are you guys ready to franchise? We are ready to franchise. We have developed that package uh, many years ago, and it just we just sat on it and shelved it for right now because we just weren't in the position to want to do it because I don't think that the brand or the concept was something that um, somebody in the middle of Saskatchewan um, could benefit from 
when November kicked around and all the way until March, April, I think uh, it was, a, it, it, people, don't get me wrong, people come, uh, we service five, 600 people a day still in the winter at Kensington um, location here and same with Vancouver. This is not a business that just is not uh, just a summer business, but it's hard to sell that to somebody that's in another province or it's hard to sell that to somebody in Medicine Hat or Lethbridge that doesn't come to the stores, see how quite, how busy they quite are. So now with 17th Avenue, the, the, the exposure we've been getting there, the social media, um, and just the, the reach that that store has already gotten. And that's kind of the new flagship kind of model of what we're trying to go with here. And, and uh, I think we're, um, we're, entertaining, we're entertaining quite a few people here right now. In the city of Calgary, I'm planning to open up a few more corporate locations. And my, our ideas is not to franchise the city of Calgary right now. Um, we are, our requests have been coming from out of the city, um, into other, other provinces and other, other small towns and other, you know, bigger towns like Regina and Saskatoon. So that's, mm. that's kind of where we're planning to take the, the next steps with the brand. So what do you think the, the, the appeal is for people, uh, for the concept that you have? I think, I think what it is, is, is that when you look at what's out there for franchising right now, in terms of like a coffee or cafe business. They're really, they're really all the same. Um, they sell a few little uh, croissants. They sell a couple little lemon squares, and they have drip coffee and regular coffee and espresso. And maybe the interiors are different, and the branding is different. But pretty much ninety-five percent of the store is the exact same in terms of the offering. There is not a um, concept in the in the franchising world right now in Canada, um, even out east, is, is that even if we found that is all encompassing something really authentic Italian. Number one, uh, a lot of these cafes they're not Italian, which is fine. They're just you know they're they're their own roasters and third party roasters and and running on the third third uh, third wave coffee trend right now. But we're, what we're trying to do is trying to and we've created it and we've executed on it quite well is is that giving that truly Italian authentic experience with real Italian products all in one location. So if you're coming for gelato, you're coming for gelato. If you're coming for espresso, you're coming for espresso. If you want to come for pastries and cornetti and tiramisu and cocktails and aperitivo, you can all come into one. And I think that we've um, executed on that quite well is, is that we see the diversity in terms of what customers are ordering when they're coming to the cafes now. Um, you get a group of four or five people coming. They're not all getting gelato. Two of them are getting gelato. Two of them are getting uh, pizza with paninis, and then they're getting desserts, and then they're getting tiramisu, and then the other the other one's getting a, a aperol spritz granita. So it's a little bit um, an all-in-one place that a group can come instead of a group saying, "No, I feel like pasta, or I feel like pizza, and I feel like gelato, and I feel like a coffee." Well, you have to go to three different places to go get that. With our place, um, what we have found is is that it's it's an all one-stop shop over here. Um, very reasonably, very reasonably priced uh, menu. Uh, when we're offering espresso for a dollar fifty, uh, coffee is probably the least expensive in the whole city that we're offering. Um, gelato is uh, just the same market price as uh, ice cream is now. Uh, ice cream is you know up to five five fifty uh, for a scoop of gelato and ice cream in the city. So I think that we what we've created is something very unique in the marketplace that doesn't exist. Fully integrated distribution where we're not relying on other suppliers. All of all of the uh, products are coming from our own uh, warehouses and our own distribution system and trucks. And a profitable business. And a lot of these franchises that you're getting into, you're really just buying a job. 
And that's that's great because you can maybe sell the, the franchise after if you're going to be a single unit operator or a multi-unit operator. But I think with our model is, is that you're buying a job, you're getting a very busy location, and you're making profits at the end of the day. And that's really at the end of the day, if you're spending all that time and energy and effort into something, you want to see profit at the end of the day. Yeah. So uh, what's the appeal of Gelato? I think um, where Gelato is, is that where it is in the market right now, you know, if you're talking 20 years ago, it was something very niche and very uh, kind of not even trendy at that time, because not a lot of people even knew what gelato was, unless you went to Italy or went in Europe uh, and did your travels like that. And you passed 15 gelato stops in uh, Trastevere in Rome or something like that, or um, you would not, you wouldn't even know about gelato until I even opened up the store in Calgary. Everybody thought I was selling jello. So go, go figure up <laughs> 20 years ago um, that, Nobody even knew what gelato was here in Calgary. So now I think what the appeal is, is that since we've opened, um, people have traveled a lot more over the last you know, 20 years, uh, seeing what it is. I think that um, the quality the quality in terms of the ingredients that we're using in the gelato is a lot more flavorful than ice cream. I think people are looking for something that is a little bit less um, uh, fattening, I would like to say, because gelato is under 10% butter fat in order to be called gelato in, in, in ice cream you have to be over 10 percent butter fat um and i think it's just a little bit of a healthier option i think it's a little bit more refreshing i think what we offer in terms of flavors is that we offer in kensington we offer over 72 flavors we manufacture over 140 flavors i think the, the diverse kind of flavors that we're coming with appeal to a lot of different ethnic markets that are out there um asian markets south american markets uh or ethnicities i should say a european uh City. And those are those are flavors that are hitting home with a lot of people. And again, it just comes down to the quality. It's just not something that we're opening up. Uh, like gelato is kind of kicking off now with more exposure in terms of other manufacturers getting into gelato and all that. But what, one thing that we um, thrive on and what we've always stood for is, is that um, we make everything from scratch. We're not buying pre-done paste syrups from Italy that you just crack a can open and pour it into a batch freezer and say, here, we got gelato because you can do that, but that's really not our game. Our game is um, really high-end quality ingredients that we import from all over the world. Mangoes come from India, durian from Southeast Asia, hazelnuts from Piedmonte. Um, this is this is our, what we do. Um, it's like open, it's like having a Italian restaurant and the chef is opening up cans of uh, ragu sauce for the uh, pizza and pasta sauce, which is fine. And, but that's, that's how it is with the ice cream and gelato good business right now is, is that you can buy pre-done ice cream mix or you can buy pre-done flavor mixes from Italy or even on the ice cream thing you can call Saputo or a big ice cream or a big dairy company and they can deliver you um, pre-done ice cream mix which is all good that's all fine but that's just not I think where the at the end of the day the proof is in the pudding or I'd like to say the proof is in the gelato is that it's the taste and the quality that bring people back and we I think we've I think our company on both brands, the Mario's brand with the restaurants, delivering to restaurants and hospitality and grocery, and for the public for with the Amato Gelato brand, um, is, is that our quality and consistency has always been bang on. And when you don't have those two in, in, in sync, that's when business starts to go downhill because you start skimping and you start compromising. Um, just right now, the perfect example is raspberries. I cannot buy IQF raspberries if my life depended on it. The bank raspberry sorbetto right now. There's a world shortage on it. 
Um, and we have a lot of our major customers that are we're shorting on raspberry sorbetto right now. It's just we can't get our hands on raspberry. And our customers just go buy other raspberries. No, we, well, this is the, what, the one thing that we don't do is we don't compromise what our customers have come used to. As, and then that's where you start to kind of go sideways in terms of what is what is your brand representing? Our brand is representing quality and authentic Italian gelato sorbetto. And when you start to kind of compromise on going to just fill a void because uh, you can't get your hands on something, then you start to really get into a little bit of some um, problems in that sense from, from the general public, especially dealing with the amount of customers that we deal with on a daily basis in yeah. the cafes. Yeah. We service over a thousand people a day at either location. And when you start to, when customers get used to a certain product or they used to a certain flavor, and then you switch it on them, that's a recipe for uh, disaster. All right, super. One last question I have, and it's going to be kind of a little bizarre, but I asked this question to another uh, Italian business owner uh, recently. Um, what do you think it is about being Italian, the qualities you have of being Italian that have served you well as a as an entrepreneur and a business owner? I think it's a good question. Um, and I get asked this, I get asked this periodically. Uh, why, why is it Italian always have like the best, well, you know, I, maybe I'm being biased, with this, but the, the, the public asks me, why does Italian have the best clothes? Why do they have the best cars? Why do they have the best food? Why do they have the best thing? And I think it's a sense of pride. I think it's a sense of, I think it's a sense of pride in terms of, being able to take what this world has to offer us in terms of food or materials for clothing or materials for uh, cars and all this kind of thing. Um, and it's a sense of pride and wanting to make the best of the best. And I think that um, by doing that, and the only way to do that is a sense of relentless work, uh, relentless trial and error and relentless pursuit of something better than just the status quo. And, and, and I think that's where, where I think we are in a society. And as I think is, is that especially with social media, um, this has done uh, an, a, a lot of damage to um, qualifying what is good and what is bad, because there, there's, there's so much disinformation out there. There's so much paid advertisement. There's so much paid thing. People don't even know what good is anymore. I don't think it's so, it's so, Oh, if it if it's hot today because it's good and it's gone tomorrow and everybody's on the bandwagon today saying it's the best, the best. Why yeah. is it so bad tomorrow and it's gone tomorrow? And this is the thing as is what why why we pursue why we get up in the morning every day and try to offer the best um gelato experience, why we try to offer the best coffee experience, and why I travel the world and why do I go to the ends of the world to bring coffee from Italy here? Why do I bring this pastry from Italy over here? Um, is because the companies that I deal with have been doing this for over 60, 70, 80 years in combined total with the 92 years uh, or the 90 plus years our family's been doing gelato, the 80 years that the pastry company's been doing it, and the six years, we have a combined over 250 years of manufacturing experience just with three companies, and they're all family companies. And it, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a sense of pride, going back to your question, it's a sense of I want to be better than just the status quo. And I think that's Italian mentality has always been, I want to be better than what's the status quo. And the work ethic goes along with that. And you can't get to that uh, perfection. And there's never perfect. There's nothing ever 100% perfection. It's impossible to achieve that. But the, the work ethic and the dream to be able to try to achieve that 
is what keeps us going. And I think what keeps Italians trying to be innovative and um, just trying to be the best of the best of what they do. And it's not an, I don't think it's an ego thing. I think it's something that's just embedded, embedded in the culture coming from there, from a society and from a, from a, a region that's been going on for over 3000 years. You know, this is not um, uh, something of in North America and Canada that it's, it's a, it's, it's a generation of, of, of new generation of new blood. This is this is old blood going back many many years, and I think we try as our family we try to carry that passion and that experience on. And I think that's why people I think that's why people are drawn to it. I think people are drawn to that history. People are drawn to that um, that love for the products and the love for um, the um, just the end result of being something so good from something so nothing. All right, super. Thanks, uh, Dino, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure talking with you, Mayor. All right, super. That was Dino Falvo, who is with Amato Gelato Cafe and Mario's Gelati. I'm Mario Tonaguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.